When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's that place you've always wanted to try? While well, you're there, sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hello and welcome to episode 149 of Pararoni. And on this episode, I'm talking to Dave Minogue, who wrote and directed a film called Poster Boys, which I'm in briefly and is in the cinemas as of now, selected cinemas in Dublin and Cork. And uh, it's an absolutely great feel good movie with a fantastic cast. Keith Duffy is in it. And uh, lots of great young Irish actors, uh, particularly the main guy, who was only 10 or 9 or something when the film was shot. But he's absolutely brilliant. Now, uh, as you may know, uh, I do another podcast. I've done six episodes of another podcast, which is a sketch comedy based podcast called... DICTV Radio and there are six episodes out there on Spotify and the sixth episode is a musical <laughs> believe it or not um, so here's a little clip from that episode Ali, I hate to break it to you but they were right about the tight clothes and the sweatpants <gasps> Oh my god, Charlie What? Ricky just sent me a text, look <gasps> Jesus, he's on his way An open-ended flight we have a lot of work to do with you, sweetheart. He's coming. I'm so excited I could pee together. Just Ricky and me touching. It really must be love. Hopefully, he can wear me like a glove. Hopefully, he can wear me like a glove together. Not just doing it on Zoom, although, sister, you really need to groom. No, don't worry, I'll get you into shape. You're so hairy now, you look like an ape. You're, You're so, so hairy now, you look like an ape. Touching, no longer by myself, truly, I've been too long on the shelf, finally. I'll be getting flirty It won't just be my hands I'll be getting dirty It, it 
won't just be my hands I'll be getting dirty Seriously You'll be left on the ledge You'll look Like you're sitting on a hedge Whether You're vaxxed or unvaxxed There's no way he'll touch you Until you're fully waxed There's no way that he'll touch you Until you're fully waxed Ricky It's you that I adore No distance Social distance No more Touching There's one thing I know When I touch him I'll never let him go When I touch him I'll never let him go Let him go Jesus, it's going to be like pruning in a forest DICTV Radio on Spotify, iTunes or any place you can find podcasts. And indeed, we'll be shooting a few more sketches next week with Pat Short. Um, that will be streamed later on in the year. And um, further on after that, we will um, put that musical on, develop it. It'll be developed into a 55-minute musical to be performed live on stage. Now, we're thinking of trying it out in an open-air setting, possibly even in Stephen's Green, but wherever we can get. Because at the moment, of course, um, it's the only option, really. And good news, everybody. I'm sure you've been on tenterhooks wondering uh, about this. But yes, I've been officially accepted to go to DCU and study there starting this September uh, media studies so um, I'm sure you've been waiting with bated breath and now you know you can rest so Potterooney is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network and there are so many great podcasts on the network just go on the website headstuff.com podcasts headstuffpodcasts.com and you'll find many more and here's one of them my name is stephanie preisner and my podcast is called basically and basically it makes complex things basic are you confused by health insurance are you confused by getting a mortgage are you confused about how to sort out your personal finances any of the things that confuse you i can make basic for you we've had guests like luke o'neill harry barry mary lou mcdonald Roz Purcell and on Taoiseach Nihal Martin it's hard for me to promote the podcast because it really is what you want me to explain so tune in and I hope you like it I love that podcast uh, yeah there's lots of them that are, that are absolutely brilliant um, well without further ado and last but certainly not least uh, well the whole body of the podcast really here is Dave Minogue Talking to Dave Minogue, the writer and director of Poster Boys. So, how are you doing, Dave? Um, hey, Joe. Well, did you start off as an actor? No. Um, I, I, <laughs> I've had a re- reverse career. I started off getting uh, directing gigs and writing gigs, and then they stopped. And then I was runner, coffee boy. Then I was like exposure, working for exposure <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, then 
worked up to producer and stuff and then uh doing a bunch of shorts and music videos and I wanted to get into features and then I was like to do a feature I actually have to do a feature so um <laughs> it's like if I write it and direct it again then I don't have to deal with a writer or a director I can just do it yeah. so, uh, so, so uh, where did you go to college um I went to DBS for uh, film and media and then I I got a job as a photographer in a local paper at home um, and I started getting, I, I was working with Vision Independent Productions on a, on a pilot and then that didn't work out. But it got me kind of wanting to get back into film and media and stuff like that. So I did a, a false course in the Digital Hub with uh, Vincent Murphy and that was brilliant. Um, kind of learned everything there <laughs> in, in a few weeks and then uh, then it was a few weeks and then I spent 10 months on the course <laughs> then, but it was brilliant <laughs> after you'd learned everything you stayed yeah <laughs> but no it was great like I still like you know I'd go back to those notes now the whole time like, it's like what did he say again about that and it's like great that works now, now I know how to fix that um, really wow oh genuinely yeah and then sorry and then I did a, the Storyland after that and I did a few other things a few paid gigs and pilots paid pilots and stuff and then uh, they didn't work out and then I was like this is never going to work out so I went into massive depression for a while and then uh, then my dad kind of talked me into <laughs> my dad caught me um, looking up jobs on fishing boats as a deckhand <laughs> and it was like he caught me watching porn it was like no don't look at this and <laughs> and uh, he was like you're actually not bad at film stuff like so maybe just have a look at going back and doing that again and then I went to and did the film based masters um, I was on the same year. I was doing the alternate film that you did, the, the Mong film. I was doing the other one. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that I did that course, and then, and then I was working in production pretty solidly from there up until Poster Boys, um, mm-hmm. just working my way up on different things and learning the actual craft of making a film. Right. Okay. Grant. Yeah. Yeah, Mond got me a lot of criticism uh, in the reviews online because I overacted, but I think I just misjudged the... Um... <laughs> well, you worked alone there, in fairness. <laughs> I, I just uh, I just remember I did like two days, but my main, my main scene was the very first day of the shoot. And I just thought the film was going to be like a kind of a three-layer cake kind of film, a very over the gangstery type film. So that's what yeah. I went for. And then the re- and then they went off and shot a completely different film. So I look like an idiot. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, like I, I think the problem with that film, well, not that film, but that production model is having three different directors. And mm-hmm. uh, you're always going to, ha- like having two is probably a nightmare. So a third, having one is a nightmare sometimes. So <laughs> having three is like, just asking for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, well, that's true. No, well, nobody told me to do anything different on the day. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so like to shoot your own film and finance it, how did you go about doing that financing? Um, the, uh, so I, I basically worked out a, a plot line that was very minimalist and very kind of, um, you know, would have like two central characters and would involve very, a very linear type thing, like the typical road trip kind of thing. And where I could, you know, approach people like you and go, look, it's, it's not going to be too taxing. Although your day ended up being 
way more <laughs> longer than we anticipated. <laughs> but uh, the you know it was, it was to be a, a, a small as burden on everyone as possible, except for a few people like my parents and <laughs> and my sister and <laughs> everyone that I can afford to piss off and come <laughs> home to. <laughs> um, so that was the, that's the kind of model I had, and I would crew it up with like five or six people, um, uh, including myself and. Then the, what I did then was um, I the film like poster wise they'd walk around with the poster and I was like the poster is incidental to the film if I could get some product placement there I could find someone else that would like stand in as a picture brand place product place whatever to call it and yeah, yeah. I was like maybe I'll go to Bobby and see if he can give me some advice and I pitched him the idea and the the business model. Bobby Kerr. Uh, yeah, sorry, Bobby Kerr. And yeah, you know, I watched a few episodes of Dragon's Den as well. Just yeah. did my research. And um yeah, and halfway through he was like, It seems like it'd be a lot easier if I gave you the money than you know, than the way you're talking. So um wow. I just shut up for the rest of that meeting. And then <laughs> like then literally went and I was kind of <laughs> I I wasn't expecting it to happen. Um, like you always kind of hope that something good will come from it, but you never expect it. But then, like you were literally right beside us when we came out of that meeting um, in the Metro Cafe. Yeah. Um, oh, really? So you just come out of the meeting? Yeah. This yeah. is an Odd thing. We were. I was just having a coffee with someone. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the and in the the idea that I worked up already, the, the character that was called Joe, uh, it wasn't like. I've been lazy with naming other people in the film, but the character was already called Joe when I was talking to you. Oh. Uh, so I was like, yeah, we have to do it. But I was actually very nervous about it as well. I think I even got Johnny to go, you say hello first. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, listen, I thought you just, uh, when you cast me, you thought, well, I sure might as well make, make it easy for me and just call me Joe. So I don't have to. No. <laughs> so casting. It's Joe already, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I but I did that for a lot of other people when I was writing. It was like maybe Aoife Spratt will play this, and I'll just call the character Aoife for now, and then I'll change it. But then I forgot to change it, and we'd shot scenes where they're referring to Aoife and talking to Aoife, and then it's like all right, it has to be Aoife. And then the same with Amy Hughes, but that was way more literal because the character's full name was Amy Hughes and referenced as Amy Hughes throughout the film. So right, right, yeah. <laughs> so it's very lazy, very lazy writing. It's handy though when you're acting and, and someone <laughs> calls Joe, you, you, you don't have to act. You go, you're used to reacting to that name. So, um, it's the hardest part of acting is learning your name. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's what I approached in the third year of acting school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, so, so the finance came from Bobby Kerr. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, then um, shooting it, how much were you involved in, uh, you know, uh, framing it? Uh, did you storyboard it? Did you? No. Um, <laughs> I, I deliberately didn't because um, we w- I knew we weren't going to have much time. And mm-hmm. if we got storyboarding or kind of planning scenes, I knew, and especially things that we didn't have locations for, and I knew we weren't going to have locations for until very close to two minutes before we started shooting. Um, you know, that kind of stuff would just get in the way and we'd start having preconceived notions about what the scene should be. Um, you know, like I would want the emotional stuff to be there all the time, but outside of the look, I wasn't too caught up in it. I, we, like me and Trev Murphy, who shot it, we'd spoke a lot about film references that we were thinking of the whole time. And kind of, we talked about scenes in that way, as opposed to 
let's make sure we have a long shot here, a long shot there, or how it was going to be lit. Um, it was more, it was always emotional and always referential to other films. And we kind of stick to films that were, you know, before film cameras became very light or budgets became very big, where they could have big sweeping moments or VFX heavy kind of stuck around the seventies and Hal Ashby mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, uh, Harold and Maud being there kind of references like that. All right. Okay. And, um, you cast your nephew as the main character. Yeah. And um, they all say don't work with children or animals. So, um, yeah, but that, that came, <laughs> people think that's a negative, but it's, it came from older actors being like, they will always upstage you. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they're a nightmare because that's just part of the course for working with anyone, really. Someone's always a nightmare at some stage. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. but um, it all, it's also very true for <laughs> the way we'd interpret it. <laughs> and, and Ryan knows it as well, that uh, he's a handful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, but he's brilliant. Like, yeah. Like one of the scenes we shot, uh, he, he was, I thought he was great because he just kept wandering around and it meant that you're on your toes doing the scene. It, it's brilliant. Like, I hated that in the moment. Like, I was obviously... So the day we were shooting that scene, I don't mm. know if you remember, but the warehouse had to be completely removed <laughs> and then brought back in because they'd hidden something at the very back. So it took what should have been a two, three-hour event into, like, a, you know, I think it was a two-day shoot in the end. Yeah. Because of that. But um, they... But so I was quite like stressed because I borrowed favors from everyone at every single point here. So I'm kind of very conscious of the time yeah. and we're shooting that scene and Ryan is kicking that bag. Like, and he's just like doing this like <laughs> in the background. And yeah. at the time I hated it, but then watching it's, that's the clip we used. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, yeah, it, it does. I, I just means that when you're doing the scene as well, you really, you really have to be in the scene because Ryan's going to do. You don't know what Ryan's going to do next. And I mean that in a good way. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, so you have to be in the scene. Uh, that's that that helps, I think. Yeah. Well, I, the other thing as well is that we were we were all rushing through it, and we were all kind of not sure what we were doing at any single point. That it, I think it allowed Ryan to be like, they don't have a clue. So I'm going to do whatever I want. And then that just kind of keeps us on our toes and keeps us feeling like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep this kid in a chair. <laughs> yeah. You're on your toes for the whole time. And now there was a long time, uh, uh from, uh, when I was on set it was 2018 and, until yeah. it came out. So what, what was happening in between there? Um, well, no, well, typically like most uh, first-time features take three to five years to go from script to screen. And yeah. we're literally three years on the button. Two okay. years if you kind of exclude the festival run. So, I and to be honest, my first goal was one year. I was like, I can do this in one year. Because <laughs> I was that arrogant. But um, we... We did it and we had it shot and we um, had had a version of it, but there was just bits missing. Like it just didn't, the start didn't feel right. It felt like the, it felt too slow. And there was parts of the film that didn't match up tonally. Like it, it was like, are you trying to be a somber kind of, you know, black comedy? Or are you trying to be a comedy drama? Or are you trying to be a drama? Where are you? 
So kind of it was like, what can we do to fix this? And what exactly is this? Um, and then we reshot about, I think, um, the first 10 minutes are essentially a reshoot. And then, and that was shot in tw- when Ryan was on his holidays in 2019. Um, and actually in between my appendix bursting as well. Oh, so, <laughs> The day before we were, or a couple of days before we were supposed to start shooting, my appendix ruptured, and it was very annoying for everyone, especially me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then yeah, then we did those reshoots, and they were they were very annoying because <laughs> they're just annoying. <laughs> I, I was over it. I guess like I did this already. Why do I have to do it? I was turning into Ryan. <laughs> it's like why do I have to reshoot this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, then uh, yeah, and then we spent about four or five months cutting it, and then there was uh, you're also working on other people's schedules when you can't pay anyone. So Aaron Fay, who did the sound design, he we had to wait for him to have a decent because that's the the most time consuming part of anyone. It's like sixteen, seventeen weeks to to do mm. a pass on it to mm. get it up to scratch. So that didn't happen until like February or March last year. Uh, and we were actually still doing, uh, we shot a few scenes like the week before we went into Galway as well. So yeah, it's, um, mm. it, yeah, it's been long, but it's also just what it is. And then with COVID and everything, everything's extra slow. And then the festival run, you know, every festival is, you know, what would have been a hundred films is probably down to 20 and they're all mm. online and the competition is harder. And then, it's like it's not it's not fun. It just turns into a marketing exercise, really, on our end, uh, and I can't afford that. So we were looking to get picked up by a sales distributor in November, um, and they were they were just waiting to put it out in February and March, and then obviously the second wave or the third wave kept rolling. Yeah. Now. So yeah, it's um, just how we got there. It's doing really well, though. It's first of all, it's just amazing to get into the cinema. I guess. Yeah, it's <laughs> the whole the past year, well, whatever it is, fifteen months has been very surreal. Like I've had the shittiest and best conversations in my life, just like this, and wearing mm-hmm. no shoes or pants <laughs> like this, <laughs> like you know, in my room. Uh, so nothing really feels real anymore. So like, if I show up at this, you know, screening tomorrow. And it's all in my head. I wouldn't be too surprised because there's a good chance that I could have gone insane over the last year and imagined all of this. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, did you ever go through, uh, you know, trying to get uh, grants, that kind of work, that kind of um, path to financing? Uh, not with this, but I have with others. And the, like, I think the problem with Ireland is that we only really have Screen Ireland to approach um there's no real private investment in, in mm. films here. And if there is, I definitely don't know about it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that's one way. And then, but with poster wise, like Ryan was at a very special age when we shot that, where he's not quite mature. He's, he's like in a very innocent childlike age mm. that I didn't want to lose. Like even when we shot the pickups, there's a difference. Like luckily it's not all that different but, and it matches very well with everything. And not even physically, but just in how he approaches things, um, or even yeah. understands things, and how he brings that into his speech and stuff is is very different. 
and even when you see him doing interviews now as well, like he's way more of a 50 year old man than he was when he was nine. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I really wanted to capture that. Uh, and I didn't really want to wait and have to do a bunch of drafts on scripts, um, to in between or, you know, cause you have to find a champion, then that champion has to champion you to somebody else. And there's a whole hurdles that you got to go through to, to get there. And yeah. So you just want. Like, I mean, I, it's, uh, it's not an option really in certain, in some countries anyway. The option, uh, you have to go and find private, yeah. uh, finance. Yeah. Um, okay. I think all films are tough to, like, even if I had a hundred million to make it, it would have still been tough. There'd have been something else yeah. tough and there'd be the, like, this would never make a hundred million back. <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> I'd be yeah. lying to whoever I told. <laughs> be able to get your money back so um yeah i think everything just becomes work no matter what you're doing so mm. just uh, don't sweat it if you want to do it just figure out a way to do it and, do it yeah do it. uh i'll actually now it's a brilliant film and uh I'm, it's a weird thing I, i've did another film called south a few years ago and that's a road movie as well it's it's a strange. I think there's quite a few Irish road movies. Well, not. I think there's a few. Yeah. Well, not to bit like belittle it, but from my perspective, it's a very easy thing to write. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. You, you know where you're going, and you know that something bad has to happen, and everything has to come right at the end. <laughs> right. Right. So okay. if, you're, if it's your first time, like go for it. Do a road movie. You don't have to worry about the plot. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 if you're watching that and you're not from Ireland, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you're from Ireland, you can see it's beautiful as well. But but um, but you know, I can imagine someone. I'm definitely in the states. I know there's a lot. Of, yeah, they just were like, oh, beautiful. It is a beautiful country, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like we forget that it's actually like because we get used to it and we see the the shittiness of it. Like you know, but yeah. like people in like Japan, Ireland is their Japan. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. They're going. Oh, I'm going to get a chicken roll. <laughs> you know, we're going out for sushi. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're probably not getting chicken rolls. That'd be hilarious if there was like <laughs> <laughs> chicken roll restaurants in China. Or in, like breakfast, breakfast yeah. rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you got a great review in in the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it was a really positive review filled of negative adjectives. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, no, it was brilliant. But we were looking at afterwards. We were like, "How do we put this on a poster?" Like, oh, really? You couldn't find a quote. It was a really good review. Yeah. yeah, no, there's like words we can take, but like if you go more than three words, you're going, "No, this this isn't sound like a compliment." <laughs> <laughs> like, to, what? It starts with like most uh, films featuring an uncle and a child are usually creepy, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you use that? I don't know. On the poster. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's funny. I've Every comedian probably has experience that. Any comedian who's done the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, or any anyone who's done it as a play or whatever, if you get like an average review, like you're looking, oh, like, uh, ways of taking bits of it and making it sound amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've got a... If they say not amazing, you just leave out the not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like you're probably the, the same, like where someone 
could come up and tell you they really loved it, but you'll you'll judge like that little pause like that they might have before they go into like the love part. Yeah, I really loved it. And you're like, why did it pause? Like, you know, like, oh. it feels like that. <laughs> but anyway, listen, uh, it's it's thanks for asking me to be part of it. It's brilliant, and oh, um, thank you for being part of it. I uh, you got so lucky with everyone just being like, yeah, I'll do it. it just kind of shows you how sound everyone. It's like people keep asking you how how did so and so how did you get Keith Duffy? It's like just ask them. Like just ask people. They're actually yeah. kind of sound. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and so, uh, will it go uh, outside of Ireland in the cinema release? Do you think? Or can we- um, not too sure about the the cinemas, but um, we have heard that someone's looking to license it for a few years. Um, uh, it yeah. could fall through, so I don't want to say it here. And yeah. be like Dave Minogue said this, and he lied. <laughs> he lied to us. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah, we've got word that someone's interested, or what company is interested. Yeah, so that'd be cool. Um, yeah, it, it, from here on, it's all it's, like even if only two people buy tickets to it, it's a success now. <laughs> like, you know, I'll just blame COVID for everything. Two tickets during COVID. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of people uh, uh, have uh, said to me they're going to see it anyway. And right. uh, uh, even after I did Virgin Media, some particularly ladies of a certain age, probably about my age. I always think they're older, but they're probably not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's that pink hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, for some reason, you know, stopped me in the street and went, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to see that and all that. So Great. there you go. Anyway, um, I'll sure I'll see you uh, tomorrow night at the screening anyway. Um, yeah. Um, Great. It's it's a shame. Like, we only have um, like that little window to get in. And then by time we're out, all the pubs are around. are like, no, we're not letting anyone in. <laughs> so oh, yeah. um, it might just be like handshakes on the street. Um, ah, but, right. you know, I'll, bring a, I'll, I'll bring a bag of cans. Yeah, and I'll bring a bag of mushrooms and <laughs> just have a wild one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Thanks for the chat and uh, I'll... Uh... Thank you. And that's fantastic because um, I'm sure there are lots of people who are uh, young directors, writers and actors in this country who uh, find it difficult and a struggle to to um, be an independent you know writer director actor um and an option of course is to just go out there and make a film write a film make a film and uh, that was dave minogue and the uh, last week i was talking to andy mccaffrey who made a short film called sparkle and and it is an option you know just but well Sometimes the only option. Just write it and shoot, get the money somehow and shoot it. And obviously the, the budgets are tiny in Ireland, in this country, the small population, and uh, you're not going to be talking about millions. I always find it funny when in, they're talking about Hollywood low-budget movies and they're like 10 million. I go, you know, that would be incredibly massive here. We're, we're, we have... Um, so many people who want to make films, so many great writers, directors and actors, so many great actors, I have to say. I've worked with so many who are, are you know, struggling and maybe we can take advantage of uh, what's happened in the UK with Brexit. And we are now the only English speaking country in 
the EU. And uh, hopefully that will lead to a burgeoning film industry with uh, producers coming over from America to shoot here uh, in the EU as opposed to the UK. Who knows? But hopefully that will work out. But uh, in the meantime, here's Dave Minogue. He just, there's Dave Minogue. He should, he just got, he just wrote the script. He went, look, he got some money and he shot it and it's an absolutely great movie and I saw it in the cinema last night and uh, it's it's a really good movie and uh, and it's always interesting to see your own head on a massive screen. Okay, that's it for this week. Talk to you next week. Goodbye! Goodbye, goodbye, I wish you all goodbye. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.